We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. I mean, like, I, I looked up the staff for it. Like, 66% of dudes start balding at some point in their life. I know for a fact that everyone was chanting that. There's got to be thousands of guys in that stadium <laughs> that were chanting that who were also balding. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Stay Hot. I'm Matthew Sponauer, joined here, as always, by Bladen Cook and Theo Ash. Bladen Cook and Theo Ash, how's it going? It's great to be back, man. I'm wearing a red flannel, but I am I'm doing good. I, I I like how you mentioned that you were wearing a red flannel as though that would contradict to you being, you know, being well. Typically on some media shows, a red flannel implies the presence Sorry. of unhappiness, but not for me. <laughs> I'm just wearing it to wear it. Understandable, understandable. Reminder that we are on Apple and Spotify. If you're listening on those channels, make sure to subscribe and leave a review as always. Uh, we're going to talk some NBA today, and then we're going to get into our top 10 teams going into the next NFL season. We all did our rankings, and they turned out a little bit different in some aspects. We have some things to talk about. But before we get into any of that, I wanted to bring up something that I meant to bring up a couple of episodes ago, but I just didn't do the intro. Bladen, your top three ice cream flavors are truly horrible. <laughs> they suck. What? They're not. I don't even know where you get your top two of your top three. I've never heard exactly. Of, I've never heard of peanut butter ice cream before. Just straight peanut butter ice cream. Where do you oh, buy okay. that? It's like literally at the grocery store. Like Reese's has a uh, has their own ice cream. Okay, but that's not peanut butter. That's Reese's. That's Reese's ice cream. Yeah, it's like Reese's peanut butter ice cream. But is it just plain peanut butter, or is it like what? peanut butter chocolate? I, does it is it that significant of a difference? Yes, yes, <laughs> it is. This guy's top three. Yeah, he's got vanilla at one, peanut butter at two, lemon at three. <laughs> but I it's guess, not that bad. I don't know why you guys are making it well, out to be like peanut butter and crime. Peanut butter and chocolate is very different than just eating straight up peanut butter flavored ice cream. That's so different. <laughs> you gotta specify that. And then I lemon. think either I think either is probably just as good. 
So I'm not going to sit here and make a big discrepancy over the two. You're well, crazy. <laughs> I just, I just wanted to, I wanted to see what the viewers think of that. You know, they'll respond to us on Twitter. They'll talk about. I've how been getting hate about it about for that. like weeks, and rightfully so. <laughs> yeah, you should. You, there's a, it's a terrible list. Although, if you meant peanut butter chocolate, that's not so bad. I don't think there's a big difference between peanut butter and peanut butter chocolate. There is. Chocolate. There definitely is. That's the, not the okay. same thing. A combination okay. of flavors makes it very different. But anyway. isn't just like, regardless, <laughs> yeah. we had some fun game twos over the last couple of days. Uh, was there any ones that you guys thought were particularly exciting or any ones that you wanted to talk about for a second? Uh, I'd say the Knicks coming back down from, I think it was 13 or 15, somewhere in that yeah. range. And then having Derek Rose lead that comeback a little bit yeah. for the New York Knicks is just kind of a wild thing that is happening right now. Derek Rose leading the Knicks in the playoffs. Like that's, <laughs> I thought that was the most exciting game was watching that comeback. It's definitely the ultimate Cinderella story. I mean, I'd, I, I feel like the Hawks messed up by keeping Trey Young out of the fourth quarter. He should have played every minute in the fourth quarter, in my opinion. Trey Young is the best player in that series, at least so far. He's been ridiculously good. And Julius Randle in the second half got it going a little bit. He'd been terrible up until that right, point. Right, right. Yeah. And then the Suns game as well. I Like, there were a couple blowouts in the second, in, this, in game twos. But the Suns game, I mean... We played horrible that entire game, it felt like. And then we just kept finding ourselves only down by like five or six. And it's like, we should be down by a lot more. And then it got, it got exciting there at the end when, then when Crowder hit that, that and one three-point shot and we took a small lead. So it got exciting in the fourth quarter there, which uh, you can't say for a lot of the, the game twos. <laughs> yeah, the one that I wanted to talk about that was maybe not so exciting was Bucks Heat. Yeah. Mm. I I made a video saying I thought the Bucks were going to win, but then I took it down because I didn't like how I worded it. <laughs> not the and also I was just very not sure who was going to win the series. I'm not trying to act like I was confident either way. Uh, but I definitely didn't expect the Heat to come out this week. They came out and they just looked like they didn't have the aggressiveness or the energy that they usually have. And I don't know if that's because uh, they've kind of just had a weird season with a lot of injuries or if that game one really demoralized them. Because I was seeing a lot of stuff talking about how Jimmy Butler's kind of getting a little bit testy with some of the other players and coaching staff. And I don't know if that's true or not. Those are just reports that I've heard, so I don't want to act right. like that's for sure a thing. But I almost wonder if losing that game one after the Bucks shot 16% from three and they did a good job guarding Giannis that game. So mm -hmm. they got him to shoot bad. They stopped Giannis and they still lost. It's almost like not to maybe the same extent, the 2018 finals game one where LeBron puts up 50 points and they lose anyway. And you're like, well, then there's just no way that they yeah. can pull out this series. I wonder if the heat feel the same way. Yeah. And it, the heat from this year also the bubble is such a fast was such a fascinating environment and like for the heat to make the finals last year and then come out this year and look you know i know the bubble being like a mickey mouse win is such a meme and such a joke but i do i with the heat's performance this really this whole year they did kind of get it together a little bit at the end like that was just such a fluky team to be in the finals like 
when that in the footnotes of history in between like you know all these dynasties and lebron and the warriors and then there's just kind of the heat just kind of there that that's just a weird it's a weird footnote in nba history and i i do wonder how legit like this this juxtaposition of how the heat looked last year against the bucks and this year um despite the team being pretty similar is is I mean, a couple minor changes me. but yeah yeah not enough to do what's happening now um I, I don't want to say that the heat are completely out of it because you never know with that team they're very weird uh but if they do end up losing this series in four or five six games you take a look at that roster they're kind of in some trouble that roster is not built long term at all it's very it's you know it's pretty old uh you know i, I wonder what jimmy will want to do uh, Bam's obviously a great piece to build around, and that's really what's important is having one really good young piece to build around, and Pat Riley will be able to make his moves, but uh, they might have to retool. And we'll see. Bam is a good piece, but I don't know if a team built around Bam is... Like, he's good, but is he going to be that yeah. good? Is the I, one yeah, I think he's an thing. all-star level player, but if you want to be you know, a championship yeah. contender, he's got to really step up. And I think he could if he gets more aggressive. He obviously sure. can still develop, but... Uh, yeah, you can't be the number one on a championship team at the moment. I don't. Yeah, think. no. The the Heat are one of the weirdest teams of the last like two two seasons this season and last. Just a very strange, like bizarre saga with the how Heat that are is impossible to predict. Yeah. From what I've they seen, are. but yeah, I every time I make a prediction, it's see the opposite teams you go. I'm like, man, it's just such a pattern <laughs> that the that the Heat have done well guarding the Bucks, and then the Bucks come out and just, like just beat the brakes off of them after I say yeah. it. So I got to yeah, be they, careful what I say in this episode because <laughs> apparently the opposite is going to happen. Hey, I, I've had kind of the same luck. I mean, I said Portland, I thought was going to, you know, continue to play really well against Denver. And they actually, they did. I thought they looked pretty solid. They shot almost 50% from three and they lost by t- almost 20. Their defense I mean, sucks. Robert yeah. Covington. <laughs> yeah. I, I literally I've, made a video about it on TikTok, and someone commented, was like, yeah, no, this defense is atrocious. Robert Covington played 30, 37 minutes in game two. He was 3-1-1 one, and one with four <laughs> turnovers. And I know that's something that is on our list of things to talk about is guys who need to step up. Jimmy Butler was minus 34 in game two. <laughs> Robert Covington dropped that stat line. Uh, so I think if that's my two that we've kind of already been talking about here that need to, that need to be better. They need to be better. You cannot be winning games with starters doing stuff like that. No, I a hundred percent agree with you, um, about like that Portland Nuggets game being interesting. I think that's how the rest of the series is going to go. Just blow out back and forth. I don't, I don't think it'll go. I don't think it'll go with a blowout. I just think the Nug. I don't think Portland's defense is good enough to handle the Nuggets. Oh, the Nuggets you think, shot. Oh, you think the Nuggets are just gonna d- just run away? I, with I, it? I don't. I, I don't know if they'll run away with it. I could see it being in six, and there's going to okay. be closer games. That I don't mean to say every game from here on out is going to be a twenty point blowout, but I do yeah. think the Nuggets are going to end up winning. I feel very confidently though that that's what's going to happen. The, wow. I, I just I don't buy Portland's defense at all, um, and then you see like Enos Cantor. I mean they they were at. They put out a lineup when um, I don't Nurkic got fouled out. They put out a lineup running mellow at the five. <laughs> that's just not like that. Just what? Yeah, that's not going to work. That makes no sense. I mean, right. the Nuggets oh, yeah. blew them out, and Jokic didn't play for half of the fourth quarter, and they just kept extend like extending the lead. What didn't get any worse for them? And Dame dropped what? Well, he dropped thirty-two and a half, and then ended. 
with 42 yeah. or something like that. Like, and they, and they lost game. by 20. <laughs> like, yeah, no, it's, it's not looking good for the trailblazers. And they were a team from the beginning of the season that I felt was overhyped because, you know, they added Rocco, but I don't know. That just never really, to me, that never really had the vibe of a dangerous team. I mean, as good as Dame is and, you know, as dangerous as McCollum can be sometimes like, I don't know. I just don't think that they were constructed well uh, from the beginning. And I thought that they were kind of overhyped and a lot of talent, a lot of talent, but just just not the defense, the defense. Right. Yeah. And this is probably at the end of the line for, for them in this series. And again, we'll see where, because Lillard will never get a ring unless they bring in like a elite big defender. I think like they're going to need to, Or, or if he leaves, he could just leave, or he could leave. But I don't. But think I, he, I'm pretty so sure he said before that he doesn't. Loyalty is such a big deal yeah. to him, so I don't think he'll leave. But you never know with the NBA offseason. Of course. Going forward, um, games that I'm excited about for this weekend. Obviously, Knicks Hawks. I think my player that needs to really step up that I had listed here was Julius Randle. With Same how here. bad he's played, uh, the Knicks are extremely lucky to have the series tied at one, one. And I know that he turned it on a little bit in the second half of that second game, but uh, that's, he's got, he needs to be their best player. And really he needs to be the best player on the court because I think most people going into this series would have thought that Julius Randle was going to be the best player on the court. Uh, And he just hasn't been, luckily Derek Rose has been uh, phenomenal and the Hawks got pretty cold there in the fourth quarter. They keyed in on Trey young and he could find open guys, but they couldn't make him pay for it. We'll see how uh, the crowd is in Atlanta for the next. You got to figure they're going to be pretty loud. Yeah, I feel like every fan absolutely. base is going to be. It's going to be hostile. Can we talk about the Knicks chanting like "Trey, you're bald"? <laughs> like that was yeah, their like designated I, uh, chant. That's the worst chant. Wait, which I've one ever of you? Heard, right? Which one it's of like, you said that? Like of all these fans chanting this, how many of them do you think are yeah, bald? I, I tweeted. Uh, yeah, it's like. <laughs> I mean, like I, I looked up the stat for it. Like 66% of dudes start balding at some point in their life. I know for a fact that everyone was chanting that. There's got to be thousands of guys in that stadium (laughs) that were chanting that who were also balding. I don't know. I feel like, I feel like at some point you go from really getting at the player to more just like showing that they're in your head rent free and the Knicks fan base is dangerously skating that line right now. It's yeah, a lot of fun was, to watch, though. That was a miss. They missed on that one. Although, I will say that saying that someone is bald, in my experience, has been a kind of a devastating insult. Uh, I remember there was one time last year where I got in a Twitter fight with Scott Van Pelt uh, about who is better between MJ and LeBron. And we had this big back and forth between... I was arguing for LeBron and he was arguing for MJ. And then my friend at ASU <laughs> replied to him and just said, you, the letter U, the letter R, and then bald. And that was it. <laughs> and then Scott Van Pelt like used all 180 characters to like call out my friend. And he was like, you know, awesome. treat me with some respect. And then he's like, I'm sorry. So that you are bald as I've seen it. I've seen it happen where it's like, that one can kind of get under your skin, I guess. Although... I, I don't think that it quite got under uh, Trey Young's skin like that. And then a year later, I was reminiscing about the time that that happened on Twitter. And then Scott Van Pelt 
replied to me again and was like, I don't care about that. And it's like, then why, why are you responding? Again? I don't know. It was weird. I don't, That's I don't, good. I like, and I like Scott Van, but like, he's one of my favorite ESPN people. It's like, I don't dislike you. I, yeah. I, I don't want to be arguing with you. I, I like you a lot. It's. That's like, the I thing was, about Trey Young. It seemed to like genuinely not bother him. Right. He really doesn't seem to care. He played fantastic. I know the Hawks yeah. lost, but he played fantastic. Yeah. Um, and he was smiling when everyone was, you know, chanting at the end of the game at him. So I really don't think it bothers him. No, it, it um, definitely doesn't. Yeah. I just Trae wanted Young's to tell awesome. that story because I think it's funny. Talking about some of the better performances that we saw, I got I to gotta give a shout out to Jokic because I don't think he got enough credit. He put up 38. They just can't, they can't guard him. And honestly, uh, nobody can. I saw something on Twitter. I don't want to take credit for this, but I saw somebody on Twitter say that it looks like every shot that Michael Porter Jr. takes is going to go in. And then someone replied to that and said that every shot that Jokic takes looks like it's not going to go in, but it always does. (laughs) That's definitely the truth with him. I just don't, he'll start backing people down and he can shoot over literally anybody. I could watch him shoot moon balls all day. Uh, He's been awesome. Portland doesn't have an answer for him right now. Uh, But I don't think, like I said, I don't think any team does. But he's been doing Jokic things. He's the MVP. I think. And I'll go one step further with that. Yeah. He's the MVP, and he'd be the MVP if Embiid stayed healthy, and he'd be the MVP if Curry was on a good team. He's that good. He's so good. No, he's he is ridiculous. And I think their record after Murray got hurt, especially kind of sealed that for him because Murray is a very good guard and they didn't miss a beat because Jokic is the MVP. And I like the, it's fun to argue, but I mean, I feel like realistically anyone who is not saying Jokic at this point is just doing it to be a little different because it's kind (laughs) of, it's kind of clearly Jokic in my opinion. I get the Curry argument. Uh, Embiid was also awesome this year, but I think even 76ers fans know for the MVP race is so close. You can't miss a quarter of the season. You just can't. Uh, But Embiid was awesome too. It'd be very close. Um, with Curry, it would be really close if he was on like a, a, a really even team, but I'm, I, I think that Jokic is a little slept on right now. Uh, even though he's probably going to run away with the award. Probably. Totally fair. Well, I have a player for, uh, that I thought played really well. We talked about the Lakers. They needed Anthony Davis to step up if they wanted to beat the Suns. He absolutely came through. He was fantastic. 34, you know, had 10 rebounds, didn't get outplayed by DeAndre Ayton. Um, <laughs> so I, I, was, I was really happy to see him, you know, kind of turn that, turn that around because I was really worried that he was going to come out and be a dud again in game two. 21 free throws. He shot 21 Who free cares? throws. Who cares? I can't. Yeah. <laughs> Points don't count. Everyone does I know. I'm saying, I'm just saying, the thing is with him, is he had that great game and he, and it felt like he could have been better. <laughs> like that was watching <laughs> that game. Like, no, see, like he shot so many free throws. Like when he wasn't shooting free throws, it felt like he couldn't, it, he could have been better and he still dominated, which is yeah. a little bit scary for uh, me. <laughs> and, yeah. So I, I don't like that. He did that. I don't like that. He did that. I, my uh, guys, I'm, I'm going to give some uh, credit to some of the, you know, maybe off the bench, you know, role player heroes. I got Bryn Forbes, who shot six for nine from three. He just could not miss. And it reminded me, I went to a Suns game last year against the Spurs. And Bryn Forbes shot like 
eight for 11 or something from three on us. He just like could not miss. And I forgot that I went to that game until I saw the Bucks game. I'm like, oh my God, it's Forbes. He's doing it again. <laughs> He's, it's happening again. And oh Brian Forbes God. just could not miss. I mean, the Bucks just laid it on the heat, just destroyed them. They set the record for the most amount of threes in franchise history and a half. And Forbes was a big reason why that happened. And the same thing with Joe Harris in in Brooklyn just came, you know, seven for 10 from three, just ridiculous. And that's, and the thing about Harris is like, obviously you're going to be king in on him from three point range because he's Joe Harris and he still shot seven for 10. And it's ridiculous that the Nets have someone like that outside of their big three. And I, that kind of performance just strengthens my feeling of confidence that they're winning the whole thing pretty easily. I, I, I kind of guarantee a Nets, a Nets finals win. And yeah, that's that Joe Harris game was just another thing pointing me in that direction. Can I, can I bring up someone who I just thought, you know, was horrible real quick. Sure. (laughs) Go for Um, it. It seemed like for Boston, the only bright spot of their team was Tatum. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> and dude went three for 12 from the field with <laughs> with nine points. That, that team just doesn't really have like Browns out. and all, all I'm saying is all over Twitter, Celtics fans were talking about how great Tatum is. And he just lo- he just like didn't show up at all. Yeah, I, it's one thing. I don't know enough about. NBA coaching and strategy to say it, but it's interesting how Brad Stevens used to be regarded as this kind of genius and one of the best young coaches in the league. And now just everyone hates him. And that team just kind of seems to be without just much, much of a chance. They just seem kind of checked out of it this whole year, just underwhelming. It doesn't seem like they're going to muster up anything now. And, you know, Tatum being inconsistent is, probably did the final nail in their coffin so yeah. i mean tatum tatum didn't play the whole game that's part of like yeah the, I, he the only had 21 looking. minutes and that's but like the the part that he did play <laughs> not not great stuff i don't know the expectation will be for like tatum to keep him in every game by putting up a ridiculous amount i just don't think that it's just not working out for him this year everybody on that team knows it then they have to go up against the nets it's just i can't blame them for however they play i know how it is yeah that's fair we're going to get into these NFL rankings here shortly. But before that, A.J. Brown made a TikTok trying to recruit Julio Jones. Uh, what did you guys think of his first TikTok? Or is it his first? It wasn't his first TikTok, but... Well, what do you think of his TikTok skills overall? I thought they were pretty good. I thought that he... Uh, he there's a very... He had he was a natural. He was a natural. He seemed very comfortable <laughs> on camera. He wasn't mumbling. He wasn't. He was speaking very clearly with charisma, which is what it takes to be a uh, uh, NFL TikTok person. But I mean, obviously, <laughs> he plays in the NFL, so him just being on, on TikTok makes him an NFL TikTok person. But I thought I thought he had some serious skills. He should get into uh, he should get into the TV game after he's done playing because. It takes uh, it takes a certain amount of. There's not a lot of guys in the NFL who would just you know are funny and charismatic enough to just get on TikTok with a Julio jersey with masking tape that says <laughs> Titans and just go and kind of joke around funny. and and I thought I thought he did, I thought it was a really funny video and him using the blue wire graphic. I got your jersey kinda, on. It's it's not even released yet. 
using the blue wire graphic is just kind of the cherry on top. Oh yeah, this, he, like, he asked them to put Tannehill on. He's like, put Tannehill on, and I'll use it. <laughs> which is this, good for him. Good for yeah, him having for sure, his back for, sure. for his his QB. I think the sneaky part about that is that I, from what I saw, he did it in one take. He just went yeah. from guy to guy to guy. That's the tough part of TikTok. Anybody can sit here and record TikToks if they get 100 takes and 20 segments. You know, the real TikTok stars can do it all in one take after only a couple of tries. A Mickey Mouse TikTok artist needs multiple <laughs> takes. <laughs> Mickey Mouse. It or, it's the Dirk Nowitzki of TikTok is when, you, is when you just do it in all... The Dirk Nowitzki ring in 2011 of TikTok is when you can just press record and go for one straight minute without, uh, without any pauses that's and that's what he did you're right and that's actually like i mean i can't i don't film my videos that way i can't yeah, do no, it I, I never do one take like <laughs> i do one take quite a bit but you know i'm just i'm like just built like that no no you're green screen us. no yeah, green screen just, just no better. cuts i'm just <laughs> no, he doesn't use the green that's, screen that's hack. the that's the Mickey Mouse strategy for TikTok. Green screen. Green screen a tweet you behind need. you. Green screening a tweet behind you. Multiple takes. Matt. Green screening your own tweet behind you. <laughs> green screening your own tweet. That is an absolute Mickey Dude, Mouse video. There's sometimes, there's sometimes where I'll just have nothing to put. I put like the NBA logo behind me before because I just don't have something to green screen. And I know they just do better. Have you just ever made a posts. TikTok without a green screen? Yeah, I've made a TikTok. One or two. Okay. It's not yeah, common. <laughs> Like on my main account, like only a few. I do realize that when we started doing this podcast and you got your camera and I saw like what was behind you, I'm like, I've never seen what was behind you before, except in our FaceTimes <laughs> on the on the in the group chat. Oh my but gosh. Anyway, he did a good job and yes. you know, good for him for using the blue wire graphic. Just proves. Okay, okay, how that legit. actually begs the question. He used the blue wire graphic. When do we get him on the show? <laughs> like <laughs> I did call him top. I was actually, he's one of the very few players I've been very like nice to the whole time and think it have nothing bad to say about him. He's awesome. Top, top six, sixth best wide receiver in the league. We'll all see this year, especially if they don't get Julio and he ends with like 250 targets or whatever he's going to do if he's the lone option. Uh, but yeah, that would be all a right. dangerous team if they got Julio oh, and AJ yeah, Brown sure. like that. Sure. I'm not huge on the Titans because, but if they got Julio, that would that would be big. Like AJ Brown and Julio would be the best duo in the league. It'd be tough to tackle. That's too many guys on that team who'd be tough to tackle. Getting um, into these top tens, I'm excited about this. I've been thinking I about this. <laughs> I, I spent a long time trying to get this top ten, and I still don't feel good. And why about is it, it so bad? I, I don't feel great about mine either. I'm being totally <laughs> no, honest. Okay. But. So do we want to start from ten and work our way to one? Yeah, let's start start from ten. Start from ten. Okay. Well, why don't you guys? Uh, why don't I talk about who I have at ten? I've realized that there's a difference between people like you guys and me. When I talk about Cam Newton to you guys, you, you always agree with me. But then when it comes down to actually ranking the Patriots, I know you think in your head that they don't have a quarterback. They <laughs> it's do. It's not that I don't think they have a quarterback. It's that they, when I look at all the top 10 teams, and if you put the Patriots in that conversation, they have the worst quarterback of all the options, other than maybe Denver. I think that, I think that when it comes to Cam, I think he gets unnecessarily slandered to the point where it's like he cannot play quarterback anymore. He's totally done. I don't think he's totally done, but I would hesitate to say that he is really like 
really above average, which I think he you will be want. above average next year. I will go down okay. with the ship if he's not. If they, I get, would Juli- if they get Julio, I'll put, if they get Julio, they're in my top 10 for sure. If they get the Julio. consensus ranking is we have Vikings at 10 and I have Vikings like right outside at 11. And I feel a little bad for leaving them out because I do like the Vikings, yeah. but the Patriots it's, they won seven games last year. And it's really hard for me to imagine that they don't at least get the 10 with all the improvements that they've made. I just have a hard time believing it. Yeah, they got seven wins last year, but they were, it was against the Jets. It was against, like, the only but, good team they beat was the Ravens in the rain. And I don't know. I feel like... Well, beating I, bad I don't teams have them. is something that bad teams yeah. don't do. Right, exactly. That is true. No seven-win no seven team look, is going to have Browns. a bunch of look good at, wins. The, look at the, the 2016 and 2017 Browns. They didn't beat anyone. <laughs> they beat one team in two years. Yeah, I get that. And I get that, like, I think the... Patriots were a mediocre team who could beat all the other mediocre teams because their coaching is just going to be better than all the other mediocre teams. So they're like the best mediocre team. And this year, I I just don't see them being much like they can be better. But like, again, I think they can beat all the mediocre teams. But if they're going up against any team in my top 10, I feel like I would favor I would think I would favor the Saints over them and the Vikings and every other team in my top 10 so they're not there for me I feel like they're going to be fine again I think they're going to be hovering around 500 and when they're up against some trash team on their schedule they'll probably beat them but I just don't see them stacking up quality wins the way I'd expect a top 10 team to do I don't think anybody really stacks up quality wins. Every team barely beats any good teams because, you know, the good teams only lose a couple of games. Right. You know, like how many, how many teams legitimately have more than like three really quality wins? So few. That's true. That is true. So, so I feel like, yeah, actually, I feel like that's one of the most overused criticisms of a team is like, oh, well, they haven't beat a bunch of great teams. Nobody beats a bunch of great well, teams. Well, we said that about the Steelers last year, and then when it got time to it. Certainly, you know, they but they fell apart. Yeah, and but it was happening to the Packers last year, too, where people were like, oh, who have the Packers really beat? I would say that there's only about two or three teams going into the playoffs that have multiple wins against playoff te- other playoff yeah, teams. Yeah, it's super rare. Yeah, so I do think that there is something to that. Um, I don't know. I think the Patriots' front seven, I they did get Judon, is pretty, like their pass rushers are, you know, uninspiring. I think J.C. Jackson is a little bit overrated because of his his picks. And the interceptions are nice to see and everything, but like on a snap to snap basis, I don't think he's elite. Gilmore seemed to take a pretty substantial step back last year, and we'll see if he gets back to being elite, but I don't think that's any kind of guarantee. Hightower being back would be huge if he's good again, but he might not be. The wide receiving core is still kind of sketchy. Cam, I don't think he's garbage, but I don't think that he's like great either. So the wide receiving core is the quarterback situation is pretty average in my mind. The offensive line is good. um, But overall, I just have 10 teams that I, I mean, I don't have New England that far behind the top 10, but I mean, I have the Patriots at 11. So, okay. Like it's. But we, we spent a lot of time on 10, and we didn't even get, like, through 10. We didn't even talk about yeah, Vikings, like, <laughs> who it actually is. Um, that's just Matt's number 10 is the yeah, Patriots. Yeah, that's Matt's number 10 is the Patriots. I have the Vikings. Um, you know, the Vikings 
I, I don't think there's a lot to say about them. They look really good, and they did really well in the draft. So I don't think they got worse. And, you know, Justin Jefferson, obviously, is phenomenal. Adam Thielen. Kirk Cousins is still a quality quarterback. So I, I would put them in my top 10 pretty easily. Yeah, I think getting Daniel Hunter back and getting, you know, they yeah. were... Patrick Peterson. I think Patrick Peterson has something left in the tank. I think that he had to guard number one wide receivers just all the time, every snap yeah. in Carolina. And he can't do that anymore, but I don't think he'll, he'll have a workload quite that intense in Minnesota. Uh, Pierce will be back their defensive tackle. Um, they got Darisaw. They got, uh, who else bar was really, you know, hurt. And I mean, by the end yeah. of like week 17, the Vikings were thrown out the practice squad on defense. It was, it was sad to see. And yeah, I think, I think there's a lot of talent at a bunch of units on that roster. I agree. And I think that yeah. they're, I think that they should be a playoff team. So they're, uh, they're my number nine. I don't have them on my list. I have them at 11 and, like I said, I feel bad for leaving them off. They're definitely a really good team with a really good roster, and I thought um, I liked some of their moves this offseason. Yeah, I had them at number nine. I had the Saints at number ten. You you know I don't agree with that, but we we won't Saints. we won't. <laughs> you've got them at uh, thirty two, right? <laughs> yeah, you've got them at thirty two. You expect them to go zero and sixteen? No, I, I got them at thirty three. What you talking 33. about? Thirty <laughs> three. <laughs> no. Yeah, I I think you guys are sleeping on the Saints because I'm the only one with the Saints in my top 10 and Sean Payton has really had nothing but success even without Drew Brees. Like he just he wins games. They have a really solid coaching staff. They have a top five running back. They have a top five wide receiver, their offensive line. They've got good tackles. Their interior is a little questionable. They've got a really good front seven. Um, Marshawn Lattimore needs to step up and get back to more where he was rookie season. Um, but he's going into, I think a contract year, so he might, you know, play better than he has and he's still okay. Um, and Gardner Johnson is okay. Their secondary is fine. Front seven, really good, good coaching staff, you know, good weapons. I, I don't really see what the question, like. the question's going to be quarterback. I think, yeah. I think you might be overrating their weapons a little bit. Perhaps you say running backs don't matter. And they've got, I mean, like outside of Michael Thomas, they're thin at receiver. And I like Callaway. Um, I like Smith a little bit, but um, they're, they're like one injury right away now. from like bringing out a practice squad. Yeah. It's like, receiver. Oh, if something happened to Michael Thomas, that passing attack would be in humongous trouble. And I guess you could say that for any team with their number one receiver, but even more so for them, I agree that they still kept a lot of their big players and they still have a lot of really good players. So maybe I am sleeping on them a little bit. And I don't think Jameis is as bad as people ma are making him out to be because they'd make him out to be not even a top 32 quarterback, which obviously isn't the case. Oh yeah. No, he's, I um, would say he's easily top 32, but I think that they're going to have a pretty, at least an average passing attack right now. It seems like their passing attack, I would expect them to be, you know, 15th, 16th, kind of in that range. Rushing, I expect them to have a top 10 rushing offense with Kamara and their offensive line is, again, pretty good. So I expect them to have a good rushing attack. I expect them to have a decent passing attack. I expect them to have a good run defense again because their front seven is good and a pretty good pass defense. I, I think they're pretty good. I have them at 10. I think that they'll make the play. I don't think they'll win the division because the Bucks are there. But I think they'll make the playoffs. I have them in my top 10. For sure. So going to nine, I think, is what we should do. Yeah. And you, you I already think you, said you, have you guys screwed up on this one so bad. I don't how? know how they're here. 
Who is What's it? What's wrong Matt? with the Chargers, man? What's wrong with the Chargers? What they're so thin. They're so thin. They've got some star power. Okay, but... okay. You want to talk about the Chargers being thin and you put the Saints in your top. Yeah, 10. yeah. No, I mean <laughs> the, the Saints have a, are not thin because they've got two good pass rushing defensive tackles. They've got th- tons of depth at edge, edge rusher. They've got Good running. Well, the running backs, you know, I, it positional doesn't value. matter. Nah, I know it the positional value, but, but they do have good, like they have Latavius Murray and Kamara. They have, but most importantly, they have depth on in their front seven, at least the, the Chargers don't have depth anywhere. The Chargers don't have the depth Chargers anywhere. have a much better quarterback. I would say they're probably deeper at receiver, maybe not better, but deeper at receiver. I don't know. One, re- one injury to, Keenan Allen is, I mean, I guess Mike Thomas is better than, or my, not Mike Thomas, Mike Williams is probably yeah, better than Mike the Saints Williams. number two, That's but yeah, I don't know. I feel like the Chargers are so overrated to, uh, to be at number nine here. I don't know. Herbert, I love Herbert. Um, and, you know, the fact that their O-line was as bad as it was last year and they were still able to, to be, you know, relatively successful throwing the ball is incredible to me. So, I I am I imagine you know they were really good at improving this off season. I find it really hard to believe that they aren't. I I think they could be top two in their division. I think they could honestly be second just by well the Chiefs. beating the Denver and Oakland. Uh, hey, Las you Vegas. you didn't you almost put Denver in your in your top ten? I did, but that's <laughs> me being higher on them than everyone else. Then you know. It's yeah. Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback. Like, come on. Man. It's not just quarterbacks. We saw Ryan Fitzpatrick in the in the playoffs last year. We saw Big Ben who couldn't He's even not, put you not, down you the field. We saw so many. You got to see. You got to stop. Were, they were yeah, like that's seven not and nine. the same. We saw Jared Goff. <laughs> we saw Jared Goff. In the NFC East. <laughs> we saw who else did we see in the playoffs last year? We saw Philip Rivers in the playoffs last year. You don't need to be an elite quarterback. We saw Deshaun Watson sitting at home, and we saw Ryan Fitzpatrick. Patrick, not Ryan Fitzpatrick. We saw who Heineke. We saw Heineke in the playoffs, and we saw Watson at home. It's not just about the quarterbacks. And yeah, you need a good team. But if you have a great team and no quarterback, that's just as bad as having a quarterback and no No. team. Nope, it's better to have a great team and no quarterback than a great quarterback and no team. And it's because, I mean, you look at it. Look at what happened to Deshaun Watson. Look at what happened to Deshaun Watson last year. It was, a t- they went 4-12 and 12 and he played his best season of his entire career. And look at what, who was in the playoffs? Philip Rivers was. Ben Roethlisberger was. Heineke was. Jared Goff was. Like, it is not even a debate that it is better to have a better team around you than just having one elite quarterback. Like, it is... It is quarterback is a great thing to have. It is the most important individual position that exists. It is not just your quarterback winning and losing you games. You need a good team and you can be great on a bad team. When you're looking at like top 10 to top 15 teams, the teams that actually win, right? Making the playoffs is one thing. Right, especially now that we have a seven seed, making the playoffs is almost not that impressive. If you can, if you're going to win in the playoffs, you need a good quarterback. Absolutely. Jimmy Garoppolo was in the Super Bowl last year. Jimmy Garoppolo was in the Super Bowl last year. Like, I get that it was it was Mahomes versus Brady, who are two very good quarterbacks. It, obviously, having a great quarterback helps a lot. It helps a lot. But I mean, you can point. Jared Goff was in the Super Bowl not all that long ago. Like, it is not. You do not need an elite quarterback to be an elite. And they team. lost because they I know had Jared they lost. Goff a quarterback. I know they lost, but <laughs> it's how many rings does? 
does Mahomes and Rodgers and Marino and Steve Young all have combined? It's having the most quarterback has been overrated. I I think it has. I really do. And it's by far the most important individual position, but a great quarterback and a great secondary to me is very similar in terms of the value they add. I think it's, it's individual units, defensive line or front seven secondary offensive line, skill positions, quarterback. And those are all about the same. I, I, and with the Chargers, it's like their front seven has Boza and really no one else. Their secondary has Jerwin James and almost no one else. Their offensive line, it's different. Is it good? It's different. It yes. might be good. Yes, no, it is. This is, come on, man. No, they, they just it, added. Are you sure? Do you like, no, you like, yes, you like Slater. Before the draft, all of a sudden, oh, like Slater, Slater was, no, Slater sh- might go ahead of Sewell. No <laughs> one's expecting this. And then Corey, like, is Lindsay? No, I like, no, I like, no, I do like Slater. I like, I like Lindsay and I like <laughs> Slater, but is, I don't like, we could do this guards? with any team. You could we say could do this all day. Players we could literally do this all day. Are they good? I don't, we don't know yet. Yeah, we don't know. We don't, maybe their offensive line Admittedly, admittedly putting the Chargers over like the Seahawks, for example, huge projection, right? Like risky take because the Seahawks are proven the Chargers are not. So it's probably less risky to not put the Chargers up there. But you look at that Chargers roster. I really like it. I think they're off the line. Looks it's good so on paper. It's so thin. It's their secondary is bad. Their corners okay. are bad. We can, we can, we can go back and forth on this all day. You think the Chargers are thin. We think the Saints are thin. We can do this all day long. Like, <laughs> Yeah, but, but when, <laughs> no, when the Saints lost all of their depth in free agency, it wasn't a big deal because they kept their main guys. Yes, and their main guys are better than the Chargers. Added guys, and I I don't know. I again, we could do this all day. I think we should just move on to number eight. (laughs) I don't know. uh, I feel like I feel like the Chargers (laughs) are, and the Saints at least have a history of success. Like the Saints are historically a successful (laughs) franchise. I would say the Chargers are his. historic losing franchise a historic underwhelming a historic they get hyped up all the time and year after year after year they're underwhelming and the browns now are they're historic the ninth, losing franchise they're and they the won a playoff n- game last year like well the browns are are stacked and the chargers are not stacked the chargers have bosa and they have derwin and they have herbert who maybe will take the step into an elite quarterback, or maybe he stays exactly the same. And if he stays exactly the same, he's borderline top 10. Uh, so he it's a projection that he takes a step. Their offensive line, like, yeah, maybe I like Slater, but he's still a rookie. And I can like rookies and not think they're going to step in and be elite right away. You know, it's I, I think that the Chargers at nine above teams, like, I guess they're not above the Seahawks on the consensus rankings, but... It's it's too high. It's too high for Los Angeles. It's risky, but I'm okay with that because I like yeah. a lot of the players on the roster. Moving on to number eight, um, I have the Seahawks. You know, we just talked about. You know, Matt said he wouldn't put the Chargers. He put the Chargers. But Look, the Seahawks, with the Seahawks I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm getting myself into. I don't mean <laughs> yeah. to interrupt you. The um, Seahawks are going to be good, but they're, I look at their team. I look at their depth chart, and it's just like, dude. Oh my God! Some like some of their—they've got some serious problems on that team. Yeah, no, they definitely have some questions, some question marks. But I, I you know, I think they're really good at quarterback. They're really good at receiver. Um, their defense really isn't as bad as people make it out to be. So, Theo, you're looking at me like I just said something crazy. It could be. It could be kind of bad. <laughs> it could be pretty bad. I mean, it, it it's questionable, but like in the late stretch of the season, it was playing pretty well. They were. So I'm, I'm not going to sit here and all four them. players on their defensive line starting. Nope. 
Puna Ford. They've got the guy from the Bengals uh, whose name is escaping me right now. Carlos <laughs> Dunlap, but I'll give you that one. Dunlap, Dunlap. yeah. They've got... Um, Dunlap's an upgrade. Is He's looking Cop, it up right now. Cop, He's cheating. Is Collier, <laughs> is Collier still... LJ Collier? Uh, there. I don't know if he... I he was no their first round pick, not that... Honest. Yeah, I don't know. No idea. Yeah, I, yeah, this is I like I have no clue. Regardless, Bobby Wagner and Jamal Adams. So, <laughs> Puna Ford is good. Said, uh, yeah, Puna Ford is a good player. I don't mean to say they don't have any good players yeah. on defense. They do, but they also have a lot of holes. Oh, yeah. Right. Uh, so Seahawks at eight makes sense. I know that they've got a great track record. Russell Wilson, good receivers. They're probably going to be able to make some big plays on offense, but there is some fear that they go run first, and I don't know how much I love their offensive line. I had the 49ers at eight. Nobody else had them in their top ten. Um, I think I remember last year people kept comparing the 49ers to the Rams. Um, And now that it's the next year, all of a sudden those comparisons stop. But I don't know if that's necessarily fair. I think that they're going to have a bounce back year just like the Rams did. I can see that. And I am somewhat optimistic about Trey Lance. So, you know, maybe if he usually when teams draft rookie quarterbacks nowadays, the rookie quarterback ends up starting at some point in the season. Um, I'm not the world's biggest 49ers believer, but I mean, I, I can, I can see them being good. So I don't hate it, but I don't know. I top 10's a little bit. If, if Garoppolo yeah. starts, I, I don't love their secondary. Um, Bosa will be back, and I love, like, I think Nick Bosa will be a defensive player of the year candidate. So you have them at eight. I have them outside my top 10, but I don't, I think they might be better than the Chargers are. Um, <laughs> at least. I do so too. I have them ranked ahead. Yeah, you have them ranked ahead of them. Um, so yeah, I don't have them in my top 10, but. So far, the consensus that we've got going right now is Vikings at 10, Chargers at 9, Seahawks at 8. That's the average of what yes. we you, have. You had, the, you had the Packers at 8. I did have the Packers at 8 because I'm not sure if Rod- I didn't know what to do with the Packers because I don't want to put them super high because it looks like Rodgers yeah. might not play, but I didn't want to put them super low because Rodgers might play. Yeah. So I figured I figured I've 8 was waiting. a f- good spot to just throw them there and see what happens where it's I, not I've like... I've been waiting to do like my season predictions just to see like what happens with Rodgers because otherwise I'm going to drop them and then Rodgers is going to leave and I just have to do it all over again. Yeah, I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't do any season proje- like record projections until like August. Yeah. I'm going to hold off on that. I, I had the Packers at 7 and that was actually our consensus. Matt, I think you had the Packers at 7 as well. I did. Same logic as Theo. They just ended up one spot higher. You don't want to, you could put them at like 20 if you really think that Rodgers isn't going to be there. You could put them at yeah. four or five if you really think that Rodgers is going to be there. We don't know. And I feel like it would be dishonest to just assume that he will or won't be. So right. I feel like there's like, there's like a tier ground. of yeah. elite teams where it's like the Browns, Ravens, Rams, Chiefs, Bucks, Bills, yeah. and then Packers, who we all, I think, have as our top seven in some order. And then mm-hmm. we just kind of threw the Packers at the bottom of the elite <laughs> teams because <laughs> they could be, they belong in that tier of Rodgers plays, but they have that threat looming over them that the other teams don't. So I think that's a smart place to put them. And we all kind of did that. So yeah. Yeah, the Packers, again, the Packers, no reason why they couldn't win the NFC if uh, Rodgers does come back. I, they were one Kevin King choke job away from being there last yeah. year. And, you know, maybe Eric Stokes is better. <laughs> I'm not particularly optimistic about that. I had a third round grade on Eric Stokes, but maybe he is. So, yeah, I mean, the Packers, yeah, 
the Packers are number seven for us. I think everyone, they didn't change at all from last year. So we all know what they're capable of, but we just don't know what will actually happen. So number six, I had the consensus ranking for number six was Buffalo. Yeah, that was, that was like our average. Cause I, I had the bills at five. Um, I had, I had the Ravens at six and I, I, I like Baltimore. Well, I hate Baltimore. I'm a Browns fan, but like <laughs> as a team, like I love Lamar. I loved him in college. Uh, I think Dobbins is going to be really, really good. Although, you know, running back doesn't really have that much effect on your team, but he's, he's, he's on a rookie contract still. Their O-line is not in love with it. It's honestly been getting kind of worse, but that's, that's why I have them lower than the bills here. I want to know why you have the Ravens lower than the Browns when the Browns can't beat the Ravens. The Browns got better. The Browns had maybe the best offseason. Did the Ravens team. not? No, oh, the, come the on. Ravens also got better. The Browns had the best offseason of any team barring maybe the Patriots. Yes. Okay. Well, there's two, there's, I feel like there's a difference between best offseason, which maybe they had, and improved, improved most for next year. Did they not? The Browns The Browns did one thing better than any other team, and that was improving all of their holes with high-level players. I don't think any other team did that. Who are the two starting defensive tackles for the Browns? Okay, most of their <laughs> holes. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't think the Browns do a good, will do a very good job defending the run this year because I think their linebackers are kind of light in JOK, and I think that their defensive tackles are... <laughs> and I mean, we were okay, okay. number six, so, number so six on our consensus so ranking so is the Bills. Holds. I don't okay. know why we got into the Ravens here. Yeah, uh, yeah, but, okay, yeah. Let's talk about the Bills. Let's talk about the Bills. <laughs> we could talk about the Ravens when we get to the Ravens, but yeah, yeah. I I have the Bills at six. I think that the Bills defense was a little bit questioned. They couldn't defend the run last year. Um, the Bills couldn't, and I like Rousseau a lot, and I think he's a good. Yeah, run I, defender. I know you love the Rousseau pick. I do like the Rousseau pick, but again. Even if I love a rookie coming out of school, once they get into the NFL, I feel like I can't like just say they're going to be like a really high level guy right away just because a good rookie is oftentimes a pretty mediocre NFL player right away. So I don't know if Rousseau will like, especially Rousseau is just going to like come in and instantly shore everything up because I think he, I will admit that he is a project, but, um, the Bills' front seven is a little bit questionable to me still. They did re-sign Milano, and if he's healthy for the whole year, he'll be um, he's a key because he's actually good in coverage, and Tremaine Edmonds is a big name, but he's not really all that special. Um, so Milano being back is good for them. Their safety duo is really good. But overall, I think their defense is mostly just okay. And they also their defense also never does anything like really interesting they just kind of line up in a very basic formation and run it which i could see being a problem they don't change that but what really it'll come down to is their offense and josh allen yeah i mean josh allen is pretty much guaranteed to have a regression season it's very rare for quarterbacks to go out and have back-to-back mvp caliber seasons i mean in recent memory we've had what one guy one one guy who went back to back MVPs was it or, or MVP caliber seasons, not necessarily back to back MVPs. Who was it? Um, shoot, we had. I mean, Mahomes kind of did it, but Mahomes he re- did not. No, I wouldn't say Mahomes. Who? No, we had someone win back to back MVPs. 
I don't think we have. I mean, I think maybe no. Peyton did it a while ago, but we haven't had a back-to-back MVP in a long, long time. I think Peyton. I mean, may have gone. okay. It, when I say recent memory, I mean in the past two decades. I can't think of anyone. Maybe Peyton did it, but I wasn't really paying attention. Maybe from like Manning. So okay. So yeah. So it's even more rare than I than even I was projecting. So I, I'm just saying I I wouldn't project. Josh Allen to be bad by any stretch, but I don't think he goes out and has like 40 touchdowns. I, I would say that, you know, he's good, but, you know, regression is basically a guarantee. I feel like Josh Allen, he didn't put up, I mean, he improved a lot, but I don't think he's going to forget his mechanics. Like the well, things that Yeah, he's, it's not about forgetting. It's just that there's a lot that, like, is outside of your control. Once you reach a certain level, like it just gets to a point where it's like, oh, do, does your O line hold up? Do your receivers catch the football? Do they make plays after the catch? So, do you think that the receivers or offensive line won't hold up for Buffalo? It's not. I'm not saying that they won't, but there's a lot that went their way last year that I wouldn't just say, oh, well, that's going to stay exactly the same. Yeah, I mean, regression is one of the ba- best ways to make good predictions. Like, if you can recognize regression and when it's going to hit, I mean. Like anytime a Super Bowl loser is happens, like project them to be bad the next year. It happens almost every time. Yeah. And that's and when you see like Lamar won MVP on a ridiculous touchdown percentage, like project regression. That's that's it's a smart move. I don't know if Allen had quite the ridiculous season where it's like I, he did kind of have a ridiculous season, didn't he? Compared so to I, what he was doing he's a ridiculous before that, player yes. with yeah. ridiculous you know, physical tools. I don't think it's – I don't see any reason why. Like, if it was, was like, a, like a game manager type quarterback, maybe I'd be a little bit more confident in that. But there's nobody who's done that, and there's nobody who is really quite like Josh Allen also. So, I mean, Lamar yeah, I don't know what to, we, we saw Lamar okay, have yeah. – I'm just saying, I, I wouldn't bank on him – Imp- like getting to like another level of like transcendence next year. Yeah, I do kind of agree with Bladen here. Actually, like yes, thirty. Will he have thirty-seven touchdowns and ten? Will he do better? Um, no, I would. Pro- it's probably the range of outcomes. Um, if you simulated the season a hundred times, the most likely thing that would happen is he's not quite as good as he was, but he's there's still number six on our rankings yeah. here. It looks like we're <laughs> yeah, like, like they're not, he's not going to be bad. Down. Like he's going to be fine. Yeah. I mean, he's still a ridiculous player and he seemed to have figured it out. And I don't it, like they added Emmanuel Sanders and yeah. they didn't lose anything really on the offensive line. They've got to resign their tackle. Who's good. So yeah, yeah I, I don't know, Matt, what do you think? I like them a lot. I think Josh Allen's still going to be really good. Um, he has the biggest arm in the league, at least from strength standpoint. Yeah. Super sure. hard to stop running. I don't think the offense got any worse. I mean, yeah, I, I could – odds are maybe they'll lose a couple more games than they did last year, and maybe that's why we have them sitting here at six because it's hard to repeat at 13-3. and three. But I don't see any real reason to sit here and say that this team is going to be significantly worse um, than they were last year other than just, like, playing the odds. But that's kind of not very fun yeah. analysis. It's also funny that – Matt and Bladen have the Bills in the exact same spot. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> we're arguing, but it's not even yeah, like, it's, it's, it's not like, I think we all are we kind agree, of on the same. But, like, <laughs> like I'm yeah. on your side. Going um, to number five, we've got the Browns um, as consensus over the Bills. I like the Browns a lot. I think that they were really good last year, and I do think that they improved. I do think they had a good offseason. Yeah. Um, 
But a lot of it is just like maybe there's some projection that this rookie is going to come in and instantly be really good. JOK has humongous expectations. I'm not saying he can't reach him, but he's a yeah. second round rookie who needs to come in and be the best linebacker on a championship level team immediately. That's tough. Yeah. Those are high those are um, high expectations. I'll give you that. And same with Greg Newsom. He has to come in and basically yeah. be the second best corner on the team. So Yeah. And my thing with ba- I think of all the teams in the top. 10 Baker is the worst quarterback that is here. I mean, other um, than maybe the saints the other than, have. Oh yeah, I do. Have the, I'm talking about the consensus rankings. Oh, so yeah, our consensus cousins. Well, cousins. You'd rather have cousins than Baker. Yeah, I think about, they're pretty it's similar. About the same. Yeah, it's about, it's the, they're about yeah. the same, but um, the Vikings are 10 in our consensus and the Browns are five. So I, I do think Baker is a little bit of a weak link for the Browns, even though that he did have, he came on strong to end the season. Um, yeah. I do think that his game against the Chiefs was not great uh, in the playoffs and his game against the Steelers. I barely even remember anything about that game just because of it it started like 28 to zero and I kind (laughs) of tuned out the rest of it. But I don't know. I feel like Baker is a guy who needs to take yet another. He took a step from year two to year three from being bad to being okay. But he needs to be like more than just someone who came on he strong for the like last he needs to play pick. he needs to play like he did in the last like six or seven games of the regular season through all 17 and also in the playoffs right yeah. and maybe he will maybe he will and they've got a really good situation for him to reach his full potential right now so maybe he will but I mean, Bladen has him at four. I have him at five, and Matt has him at six. six. So again, this is not like huge, huge differences here. Yeah, they should be a very good team. There's a lot. They should be a very good team. I just, yeah, I would, I yeah, I like the Browns a lot. I think they've got a very legitimate shot to beat any team in the league. Um, So I, I guess it just comes down to Baker is what I'm trying to say, and I think that, I think that the thing that's preventing them from being like top three for me and being maybe even my Super Bowl favorites because I do like their roster is a little bit because I don't think they match up well with the Ravens just run defending wise. And I don't think Baker is told. I'm not sold that he's that guy yet. Totally fair. Moving on to number four, our consensus is Baltimore. Um, I started to get a little bit ahead of myself with Baltimore earlier. Um, I think they're a really good team. Um, I wouldn't necessarily put them above the Browns or the Bills, um, but you know they're you know they're really good at quarterback. Lamar's awesome. Uh, they got Rashad Bateman, who I really like. Um, that defense is uh, you know very very good. I, I don't think they have a lot of holes. I you know being at number four versus number six isn't really that big of a difference. Right, would be really really good. I think. Yeah that if you're projecting Josh Allen to do uh, worse just because of natural regression, then you should take that into account with Lamar and expect him to do better than he did last season because odds yeah, are no, I totally will. am. No, yeah, I absolutely am expecting Lamar to, you know, kind of have a bounce back year. And um, I think adding Kevin Zietler is one of the most underrated. Yeah, yeah that's a huge free yeah, agent yeah, signings really in good. the league because the thing, the biggest problem that the, Ravens had at the beginning of last year when they were so underwhelming is that when Stanley got hurt and when 
they're sent. Why am I blanking on their old guard's name? Yonda, 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 Yonda. Yeah. Yonda retired and Stanley got hurt. And at the beginning of the season, they just couldn't block up the things they could before. And Zietler is a good guard. And with, I know they lost Brown, but their interior offensive line should be able to handle the run blocking workload that they kind of got figured out at the end of last year when they became a really dangerous team again. And they improved the wide receiving core. The one, one thing that I, the biggest concern is Greg Roman, their offensive coordinator, because Roman was kind of a dumbass last year. They've and, had some, they had some very questionable play calling. Yes. And he's still around. And I can, the number one thing that scares me is that, that it's just a bad Greg Roman predictable scheme that ends with Roman getting fired after an underwhelming. I can totally see that happening. Um, that's my main concern. But outside of that, I think that they've got a really good roster. I think that they're tough to deal with just because of their, they have a special running game, a generationally good running game when it's firing like on all cylinders. And Absolutely. I think that they can carry that with a good defense too, as far as they want to go or yeah. I mean, I just like Lamar a lot. I think that he's a problem. <laughs> That's also true. <laughs> yeah, I, I, no, I, I, we, just point blank. I don't, I think Lamar is way better than everybody's uh, saying right now. I agree that he showed some problems uh, last season. He's not a perfect player or anything, but with a much better supporting cast, at least a receiver this year, I expect uh, big things out of him. And if they can just stretch the field and have Lamar's running threat, defenses just aren't built to deal with that. That's just the hardest yeah. thing. When you have that much versatility as an offense, it's just hard to deal with. Yeah, right. a lot of teams like the Chiefs and Bills, they can stretch the field vertically, but Lamar gives them the advantage of also being to stretch the field laterally, and being able to do both is almost impossible to stop. Right. So, yeah, I love the Ravens. Ravens versus Rams is my Super Bowl um, choice. That's my That was my pick. And Rams are Rams. number three team uh, <laughs> on the consensus big board after acquiring one Matthew Stafford. And I had him at number three. <laughs> Bladen had them at number three, and Matt had them at number four. Love the Rams. Love Stafford. Yeah. Love Sean McVay. There is nothing about that team. Like they were deep. Like they lost guys on defense, but they were deep on defense. I'm not. I just. Ha I don't have a lot of concerns. I really don't. Yeah, I think their defensive coordinator, who left and joins the Chargers, had a really good scheme last year where they would pretty much. They, th they threw a lot of corners on the field all the time for the Rams did last year. And they were really deep in the secondary, so it worked. And because they have Aaron Donald, they could just throw a bunch of guys back in coverage and still get pressure because Aaron Donald is, in my opinion, the greatest defensive player ever. Uh, and if, you want to, if you're going to fight me about LT, I'm not going to die on that hill. LT was also very good, but Donald is right there. Yeah. Uh, but... So maybe losing him, but I think they can still kind of do the same thing that they did last year. Like Ramsey and Donald are maybe two of the very best defensive players in the league. Stafford is yeah. more talented than Goff ever was and smarter than Goff ever was. McVay is still McVay. Uh, Woods and Woods is a really good wide receiver. Cup is a really good wide receiver in McVay's scheme. I don't know if he's... He's crafty. He's crafty, but... <laughs> He's white. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So I think they'll have a top. I think again, they'll a team that is maybe not guaranteed, but a pretty safe bet to have a top 10 offense and a top 10 defense. And anytime you can get that, I feel like you're in, you're in good shape. 
recent Super Bowl champions tend to tend to have that combination. Going to number two, we've got uh, the Chiefs. Everybody has the Chiefs at number two. Uh, you can try to want to put them like lower or whatever because there's some moves that maybe we don't love or maybe there's some holes in the roster. But at the end of the day, uh, I think they did a good job getting their offensive line back up or at least the best mm-hmm. that they could. Uh, I think that they still have a couple of big-time threats for Mahomes to throw to, and they still have Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Um, and even Best if they're, quarterback on the planet, top five receiver, yeah. top two tight end, like top one. Theo, you would say even the best receiver on the planet. Um, yeah, I think Tyree Kill is the best. They're at least the most dangerous. Like I think Tyree Kill can do the most things that other guys can't do, which kind of makes him special and makes him number one in my. And I, he's kind of as a unicorn. Cincinnati guy, I do have to sit here and hype up Travis Kelsey. Right, he um, went to Cincy. That's right. He will break the receiving yards record in the season for a tight end this year. Yeah. I mean, that's yep. not a super hot take because he's very kind of breaks <laughs> <Nope>. it all the time. <laughs> like, I mean, <laughs> but yeah, Sorry, no, yeah, the, no, the chiefs, I think the chiefs are in a little bit of trouble. I'm, I'm, I, I'm not the world's I've on seems like half of our podcast. Now I've tried to warn the chiefs of like impending doom. I still have them as the second best team in the league, just because it's hard to put them lower. You know what um, it is? You want to pick the Super Bowl loser to regress because you know that's the pattern, but it's yeah. really hard to do yeah. because they have it's, Super it's Bowl losers do usually don't Chiefs. have Patrick Mahomes. No, that's yeah. exactly <laughs> what it is. That's not even me trying to hide it. Yeah, Super Bowl losers I'm, regress all the time, but Mahomes is the best I've ever seen, maybe quarterback wise. <laughs> like, yeah. literally, an alien sent from outer space <laughs> to succeed. So, it's tough to put them any lower than two and put them like maybe the Rams, or the Ravens or the Browns ahead of them yet. It wouldn't surprise me if I do eventually. And it wouldn't surprise me if Mahomes, once that $500 million contract really starts to kick in, they don't become like a dynasty once that all happens, but it hasn't happened yet. They're still in a very sh- good position short term here next year. So they're my number two, but Considering that the Chiefs and the Bucks, I don't really think they changed all that much, and the Bucks just kind of beat the brakes off the Chiefs. And it seems like we're all of this opinion that the Bucks are more well-rounded. Bucks roster is just and stacked. It's, it's just the best roster in the NFL. Team. It's not. They won the Super Bowl and they got better. They kept all their guys and then added some. Like there's nothing. Yeah, no, they're the best yeah. roster in football. One of these years, Brady is not going to be an elite quarterback. It may not happen for <laughs> as long as he has Mike Evans and God, he can't be a hundred years <laughs> old and, uh, and still be great. He can't, but so one of the years point. it's going to happen. So that's the only thing that I can see the bucks really, you know, injure. Obviously it goes for all teams that injuries could really ruin them, but you know, the Bucks just yeah. wide receiving core, offensive line, quarterback, front seven, and secondary. The secondary is a little probably average to maybe slightly above. It's not like super, super elite, but yeah. it's not they bad. Were all, they also had you know a lot of young guys, and they'll probably yeah. improve. I mean, they kicked they kicked the Chiefs' ass in the Super Bowl. The secondary did so. Like, how bad can you be? But it's they're 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 a good secondary. If there is a weak point, it's there. Because I mean, Tyreek Hill did put up 200 yards in a quarter on them at one point. So, but yeah, I mean, it's as far as a complete roster goes, you're not going to find a better, a more complete one than the Bucks, in my opinion, and in all of our opinions. Yeah, as long as Brady keeps doing his thing, um, they'll be all good. I know he's 43, 44. I think he turns 44 this year. Yeah, so it's, I mean, like, 
I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Brady's not going to be good. He will. Um, but anytime you've got a 44 year old out there at the most important position, that's probably, that's probably the biggest concern really for the team yeah. is like the off chance that this is the year for Brady or something. Yeah. yeah, and people have been saying that for six years. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I'm like, not saying it will happen. <laughs> no, no, you'd I, be no, dumb I, to predict it at this point, but like it is, it's valid to be worried about it. It's dumb to predict it, but it's we know it's got to happen eventually. It's, yeah, it's yeah. it's a valid concern, <laughs> but it's one that you don't, you shouldn't be banking on because then yeah. you just make yourself look dumb. But exactly. yeah, the Bucks. Now, my yeah, my Super Bowl prediction is Ravens versus Rams, just because I don't want to. It's you gotta not gonna mix it up ch- some. Yeah, you gotta mix it up somehow. <laughs> like even yeah, though I think the Bucks to go back to back. Yeah, I don't want it to be. I mean, you could Chiefs versus Bucks is not an impossible scenario by any means, no. but it's like the chances that it's actually Chiefs and Bucks again is is pretty low. You got to mix it up a little bit. For I sure. think that wraps it up for us here today. Maybe our longest episode yet. I appreciate we y'all went, listening. We um, make sure to do all the things you're supposed to do on the podcast. Subscribe. If it gives you the option to subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on, follow if you can. Leave a review. That's always appreciated. And I'll see you guys next time. Catch you on the flippity flop. I will also see you guys next time. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. (laughs) Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.